0: Hello folks, this is Chopping It Up with CJ. I'm your host, Chris James, and this is episode four of Fantasy Football Fridays here in season three of the Chopping It Up with CJ podcast. For those of you all who are new to the show, welcome. I uh, appreciate you having ha- having you with me. And for those who are who are returning, also, welcome back. So, I'm going to give you all a little peek behind the curtain. Again, I've, I've told you that I've been a little behind schedule with what I wanted to do with this show because I've been... Moving around, doing a lot of stuff, and sometimes the schedule gets thrown off. So technically, I'm doing Fantasy Football Fridays here on October 2nd, which is a Monday. You're like, why would you do Fantasy Football Fridays on a Monday, especially when the season's already been played, or the week's already been played? Well, I still like to get the content out just to see kind of how I did, because one of the things that you know comes along with this is you get things right. And you can be celebrated and be happy about that, but you also get things wrong. So I want to give you what I actually put out prior to, you know, I definitely got some things wrong here. I'll go over some of those, Um, but I think I did an okay job this time, at least with the rankings. So we're going to fly through most of it, but I do want to start with uh, some of the questions. And by the way, football-related content, uh, you want to follow me on Twitter slash X. And my handle is at CJ Florida nine. That's at CJ, the entire state of Florida spelled out in the number nine. But I had some questions prior to uh, this week's action. Uh, Would you make this trade in a full PPR league? I'm sorry. That's actually the wrong one. That was a trade question I was asked last week. Who would you start in a full PPR league? Mike Evans against the Saints or Adam Thielen against the Vikings? Now, When asked a question, I try to provide context so the person knows how to be guided. So um, I told the gentleman, okay, Mike Evans has more, it's important to know that that's a PPR league because what it does is as a PPR league lean itself towards Adam Thielen. Mike Evans tends to be more of a downfield threat, a big play threat, and Thielen operates a little more underneath. So in a PPR league, it favors Adam Thielen in a non-PPR league it favors Mike Evans then you look at the matchups Mike Evans has done really well this year scoring a touchdown in every one of his first three games But he's playing LaShawn Lattimore and it was chippy as usual yesterday but at least it didn't go to uh, blows like it has in the past Um, Adam Thielen against the Vikings the Vikings and I don't like revenge games per se as like a catalyst unless it's a really big star Adam Thielen played for them I don't consider it a revenge game because you're also a wide receiver. And honestly, you're not in control of, as much as if you were a running back or a quarterback of what happens because they have to get the ball to you. But the Vikings defense has been porous this year. So I said, if you need a guy who's probably going to have a big breakout game, it's Mike Evans because he's capable of that. And Baker Mayfield can draw the ball down the field. If you need a guy who's just going to get you a floor of 10 to 12 points, you want Adam Thielen. So I told him to start Adam Thielen. I think Adam Thielen had an okay game. I actually didn't check the stats on it, uh, but I think Mike Evans actually might've had a little bit of a better game. But the reason I'm even bringing this up is because when you ask a question, there needs to be context provided in the, when you get asked a question, I should say, needs to be context provided in the answer. It can't just be, oh, start this person or that person unless honestly you do what some people have done to me and kudos to this guy this guy actually reaches out appropriately you know if it's a friday or a saturday he'll ask a question not 15 or 10 minutes before the game start hey who should i do who should i who should i uh, put in my lineup honestly at that point i don't care i have other stuff that i have going on you are you are not paying me to be your fantasy football guru so be some level of courteous Or consider it and don't text or message people five, ten minutes before a game start Who should I put in? If you're at that stage, honestly, you had no hope anyway. Take that as you will. All right. Another one was asked again early on, like a normal human would do. I have uh, a running back playing Monday Night Football, Saquon Barkley, that has an injury designation. Was questionable when he asked, but now it's doubtful. Um, If he doesn't play, can I replace him with another running back's points from Sunday? Also, what should I do now? I'm posing this question because one thing when you hear that question, some people go, duh, you can't replace the points. Well, you've been playing fantasy football for for a long time. Keep in mind, some people are novice. They're brand new to fantasy football. So a question like this is actually a good one from the perspective that he didn't know. He didn't know this information. Now he knows. You can't replace him. It's kind of a, a, a luck game. What you would do is know that you're going to either get the backup now or know that you're going to need to get the backup if it's a Monday night player playing because anyone who played Thursday or Sunday cannot be used if you weren't, they weren't already in your lineup and it's Monday now. That's just for the novice, the new people to fantasy football. Again, keep that in mind. It's not everyone knows every in and out about fantasy football number two know your league even if you're new ask questions to your league manager oh what is this that's an ir slot and most apps are on most apps the ir spot is actually designated for anyone that is not going to play in a game whether they're on the actual ir which can be four games missed at least or they're just out for that game with an o stat status so it can be ir by their name or o some apps like the sleeper app it has to be a person on ir to go out which i don't personally like i think that's a terrible construction to be candid Um. so yeah ask questions don't be afraid to ask questions and if there is a person who gives you crap for asking questions honestly they suck you stink Because honestly, you didn't know a damn thing that you didn't know before you asked questions. So don't judge people for asking questions and trying to figure stuff out. So that's just my assessment on this. I love when people get introduced to fantasy football and it makes them enjoy the game even more because they're more intrigued about other games than just their team. Or they don't know much about football at all. This gentleman here, he knows about football, but he didn't know about fantasy and how it's set up because he... You know, play real football, but fantasy football wasn't part of his wheelhouse. He's brand new. I actually spoke after the Saints game. Yes, I went to the Saints game. Uh, don't really want to talk about it, but, uh, uh, an older lady was sitting next to me while I was watching, uh, the, the second round of games, the Raiders and the Chargers and the Cowboys and the, and the, uh, Patriots and the 49ers and the Cardinals and, You know, very nice older lady, probably in her early 70s or so. Um, She was saying, oh, you know, I do really like football, but uh, I didn't know anything about fantasy football. Um, And this is my second year playing. I really like it. I actually won our family league. So kudos to her. Um, She's like, and my son was really mad at me. He's like, I'm not giving you any more advice. And sorry if my voice changed. I just remember she had a, uh, a southern accent. To her, and i was like you know what that's cool i I really i want to get my my other friends into it so that you know they enjoy football more because i look i find myself looking at more games i'm like well that's what it's all about that's why i like fantasy football i know technically it is and there's ways to make fun of it just like there's ways to make fun of anything it is a game that you you are literally playing a game that involves other people playing a game that has nothing to do with you like world of warcraft or any of these video games it literally is something you have only control over with the pieces that are on the board aka the players making selections yeah it's funny from that aspect but fantasy football does a lot for people introducing them to the game bringing families and companies like like people who work together at companies might not know each other but they join fantasy football leagues or college friends or high school friends or Like I said, uh, having a family league or any of this stuff, it's a way to hopefully contribute to camaraderie. Now, I do play in some leagues where I do play with, I've played with in some leagues and played with some people that I'm not really a fan of, and I've left those leagues. Or I'm maybe planning to leave one of those leagues next year. Um, Possibly. Well, that's okay. You get to figure out and see how people act with something else that might open your eyes to who they are that's the downside of fantasy football but it's not the game's fault what it is is it's just it's a conduit to either enjoy your time with some other people or figure out that they're people you don't want to enjoy time with all right, we're going to get to these rankings. We're going to fly through these. So my week four rankings, just to let you know, when I do the rankings, I do each position. I do quarterback, running back, wide receiver, tight end, and defense attack, uh, defense special teams. I don't rank kickers because to be honest, I don't even play in a lot of leagues that still have kickers. I think that it's outdated personally. No, no shade to to kickers, but not much you can do if your offense refuses to move the ball down the field and you don't get a chance. The, The punter's working out. I mean, why not have a punter league? But, For each of the positions, I do 15 quarterbacks, 20 running backs, 25 wide receivers, 10 tight ends, and I also do 10 defensive special teams. All right, my top 15 quarterbacks. So number one was Jalen Hurts of the Eagles, number two, Josh Allen of the Bills, number three, Justin Herbert of the Chargers, number four, Anthony Richardson of the Colts. Stop there. All four of those guys balled the hell out. If you had one of those guys on your team, you were sitting there eating. Literally, I think all of them had at least two touchdowns. I think three, at least each. Uh, So they balled out for you. My number five quarterback was Patrick Mahomes. He didn't ball out. He had a decent game, but he didn't ball out whatsoever. In fact, for Patrick Mahomes, it was a terrible game. Um, But I rated him lower than some because the Jets' defense is still good. And that's a tough place to play when it comes to that defense. And I thought that Zach Wilson could have a uh, a good game. I actually said that in my breakdown of the show. Uh, of, of that game, I said Zach Wilson will probably have a better game than people expect. Number six, Russell Wilson. He was actually my sleeper this week on the Picks 11 show, and he had a good little comeback. I think he had three touchdowns as well. Number seven, Kirk Cousins. He did not have a great game. In fact, he looked pretty bad through a, a pick six that was 99 yards. Number eight, Lamar Jackson. Number nine, two, Attack of low. Number 10, Justin Fields. Stop right here. Okay, it's a tale of uh, three quarters versus one. Justin Fields balled out. I played against him in the league, um, and he had four touchdowns in the first three, three quarters. And then the fourth quarter, he just didn't play well. Two turnovers. It's unfortunate. But from a fantasy perspective, he's probably a top at least six, if not five quarterback uh, this week. He, he did a really good job and good for him. I, I'm waiting for them. They, I, I saw some of the game because I was switching back and forth uh, with the NFL uh, the Sunday ticket on my phone. So switching back and forth and what i saw was them moving a the pocket more more quarter qb runs like design runs more more waggles getting him out on the edge and letting him have you know high low concepts it's not that hard he's a young quarterback you still in, if they included that for week one in his package of things but also said hey we want you to do more and more we're going to scale more and more of this other stuff up that would be the mark of good coaching and he just hasn't had it this year and that's why he's been not a great fantasy quarterback. If you waited, instead of trading him, you're going to get the benefit because it looks like they're scrambling to try to save their jobs. And Justin Fields is doing a good job when given the opportunity to be successful. Number 11, Trevor Lawrence. Uh, number 12, Brock Purdy. I want to stop here. Brock Purdy just looks like a good quarterback right now. He just looks like a good quarterback. He's not going to be the greatest fantasy quarterback because the efficiency is what San Francisco is going to be offered. You're going to get more... You're just going to get more from Christian McCaffrey. That's not going to allow him to have big days. But if you have him as your quarterback because you waited a very long time or you've used him as a streamer option or he's your number two quarterback and you fill him in for bad weeks when you know, uh, as an example, Pat Mahomes is playing the, the Jets, you're not going to sit him, but just in case you wanted to, you could. Or you got him as your backup and he, and Joe Burrow is your starter. You've been playing Brock, Brock Purdy. So keep playing him. He'll, he'll keep having good weeks because that's just what's going to happen. Not great, but good. Number 13, Daniel Jones. Um, He plays tonight, so I don't have the result yet. Number 14, Joe Burrow. Want to stop here. Good Lord. Joe Burrow is really bad right now. And certainly it has to do with his calf. But it also has to do with they just look deflated as a team. I mean, Jamar Chase made a comment. It's like, yeah, I'm always open. He's not wrong. And you know why he's not wrong? You know who was never covered? Randy Moss. You know why he was never covered? because if there were three people on him, he'd still go up and get the ball. Certain guys are always open. I'm not too mad with Joe Burrow right now because he's done enough where he's earned credibility. And he's been both aware and also verbal about, I am injured. It's not that I'm hurt. I'm injured. I don't know what the hell's wrong with anyone in Cincinnati of relevance, but you all are making a terrible decision. You can virtually tank the season without tanking the season. What do I mean by that? After that win against the Rams, Joe Burrow wouldn't have played another game until, I don't know, week seven, eight, nine. Whenever I haven't looked at the schedule. You know why? Two things. If, for some reason, what I think could happen, which is super possible, he tears his Achilles because he's too injured. You're going to have to play Jake Browning anyway or trade for someone. So you might as well, since you got that win, you didn't start 0-3, have started against a porous defense that does fool people, but at least you'd have a quarterback that's mobile and able to move. Start Jake Browning. So the expectation set, hey, Joe, we're sending you down because you're injured you're a dog you're out there trying your hardest but you clearly look terrible we're sitting you down but and yeah I'm going hard on this it's pathetic that they're letting him play I don't care what. you were in charge you're the damn head coach you're the damn OC you're the damn owner I don't want him playing I just invested 260 million dollars in that guy I don't give a shit he's not playing head coach I have a little equity here hey I went to the Super Bowl. I've had one of the best teams in the NFL the last couple of years. You know why? Because I have one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. Maybe not waste them. You know, see, hey, coach, I know I'm not in charge of this, but I can't run my full complement of offense if we keep Joe out here. We need him healthy so we can run it. Let's try Jacob. Anyone, step the hell up and be grown goddamn man. I'm tired of your bullshit. I'm tired of it. I'm tired of people, oh, well, you, well, Joe says he can play. Well, shut the hell up. Why the hell do you have your job? Anyway, get off my high horse, but I'm tired of people always being... not not having accountability. Someone step up and be a damn leader. Shit. Anyway, Geno Smith is my number 15 quarterback. So I have the two quarterbacks playing tonight on Monday Night Football at 13 and 15. My sleeper was Aiden O'Connell, who looked like a rookie. He was out there throwing missiles at people's hands. I'm like, yo, bro, the dude is a check down. Josh Jacobs was like... Four yards past the line of scrimmage. It was about a 15-yard throw. And this dude threw it like he was trying to throw the ball 80 yards. It was high and hard as hell. And Josh Jacobs was like, what the hell is this? So, for streaming purposes, because, again, when I put a sleeper out, for quarterbacks as an example, I rank 15 quarterbacks. I try to find a quarterback who's outside the top, let's say, definitely outside the top 20. Let's say he's, sometimes I fudge it and go with, like, the 24th quarterback. I usually try to find a quarterback that's ranked 25th or lower. Like, as an example, I would have loved to make C.J. Stroud my, my sleeper, but I couldn't, because C.J. Stroud, if I was ranking down at 20, would have been probably quarterback number 17. Because he's done well enough, but I thought Pittsburgh's defense would have played well. And we'll get to them shortly. Running backs. My number one running back went the hell off, because that's what he does. Christian McCaffrey of the 49ers. Number two is Tony Pollard of the Cowboys. Number three was Josh Jacobs of the Raiders. Number four was Kyron Williams of the Rams. Stop there. Hell, I traded away Kyron Williams For Jamar Chase, I still don't regret that trade. I do right now, but guess what? That team's gonna be three and one unless Ken Walker the third has like fifty points tonight, which is possible, but probably not gonna happen. Um, Kyron Williams is doing the work. I would still continue to tell you, anyone who's getting that much burn and that many touches, you can't sustain that for a season. That man's gonna end up having five hundred touches. On him this year because he's going to have 300 carries, he's going to have 50 to 60 receptions, and he's also going to play special damn teams. That's insanity. My advice if you can get one of the big dogs at running back, if someone wants to give you one of the big dogs, I doubt you'll be able to do this, but if you can flip Kyron Williams with Bijan Robinson, you better do that so quickly because the offense is going to change a little bit when Cooper Cup comes back and also you're going to end up with a situation of wear and tear. That guy's going to eventually break down. No one can do that. Adrian Peterson has struggles doing that. Derrick Henry has struggles doing that. All right, number five was Raheem Mostert. He was actually one of my must-starts, and he didn't ball out. In fact, Devon A-Chain ended up with the touchdowns in this particular scenario. The issue that you face here is, what do you do with that Dolphins backfield? I thought that the, the the Dolphins as a whole were just gonna play better than they did against the Bills, and kudos and shout out to the Bills—they busted tail. They're looking really good right now. They've been down, they've been the best team in football over the last three weeks. I actually thought the Dolphins were, but they look so good. So kudos to them. Number six was Travis Etienne for the Jags against the Falcons, and he did—he got a lot of touches. Uh, looked good. But number seven was that guy Bijan. Uh, Bijan did work. Bijan had a top top three week. This week he balled the hell out. Other than Kyron Williams and and Christian McCaffrey, he was that deal. Number eight was Alvin Kamara. Hard stop here. So I want to stop here and opine on the Saints real quick. Oh my goodness! Listen, I'm not gonna sit here and say the coaching staff on the offensive side needs to lose their jobs or anything like that. I did make that comment about the LSU defense coordinators, and that's something I stick to because the, the, you can tell that the technique that's being taught is poor. You can tell that the scheme is pretty sh- crappy also. Um, that's why. Too much talent at LSU for that. But on the Saints side, the offense is bad. Now, why is the offense bad? You have to really ask the questions. Offensive line is not well put together. They made a terrible decision drafting terror pinning in the first round. I'll stick to that until he looks really good. Because the other first round guys they've picked... Whether it's been Cesar Ruiz, I think Eric McCormick is technically a second-rounder, Ryan Ramchek, those guys have all looked good. Hell, even Andres Pete, who was not that good, has had moments. Now, it took some time, so maybe Penny will eventually get it. He just doesn't look good. The receivers, it's, they have too much talent at receiver for it to be this bad. The running backs, listen, man, Alvin Kamara came back, and that's the reason that I'm saying this. They tried to get him the ball and feature it, but the way they were doing it just seemed so. It was so bad. They ran a, a double, a reverse, double reverse on the first drive that was unnecessary. That was just bad. Whoever the that was, Pete Carmichael, that was bad. And I will bang on you for that. As far as you know, that was a terrible decision. Because some people, well, could you do a better job? You know what? I'm going to say this. Sure, give me a year. To sit there, get information, to put together a game plan, set up schemes based on my knowledge that I gained over that year. Yes, I feel confident in myself. I could fall out of my face, but honestly, I feel confident in myself. I feel if you gave me your game plan and said, call a better game. Give me a month. I'll sit down with the players of relevance. I'd sit down with Derek Carr and all these guys. And I'd say, okay, what are the five plays that you want to throw out? What are the five plays you love? What are the, the the 15 plays that you have had success with? What are the 15 plays you've had the least success with based on your career as far as concepts? i go over that stuff, but then also talk to them about it and see where we agree and disagree. It feels like you're not doing that with the, with the scheme, although let's go ahead and be honest Derek Carr is just bad is he always going to be bad? no was yesterday because was yesterday more about his injury than anything else? hopefully because there were several situations where things were schemed correctly and Derek Carr decided to check down so if you had Evan Kamara in a PPR league you probably were eating he had like 10 receptions yesterday he didn't even get yards on some of them he was just getting the ball thrown two yards behind the line of scrimmage he fight to get back to line of scrimmage it's insane I don't feel comfortable or good about the Saints' skill position, guys. Other than one guy specifically, even though he had his worst game of his career, Chris Olave, one for four. If someone's panicking on him, go get him because his talent's too immense for him not to be good this season. But if you have Elvin Kamara and you've been waiting on him, it's not going to get much better, bro. It's not going to get better. Number nine, Kenneth Walker the third again. Place tonight, so I don't have the intel. Number 10, James Cook. Keeps James Cook and getting in the end zone again. Number 11, Zach Moss. He had a pretty good day, considering. Uh, the comeback was real after being down by 20-plus points. Tied it at 23, and then ended up losing. Uh, but good job. Number 12, Derrick Henry. I downgraded Derrick Henry because I thought that the Bengals' defense was going to show up. Derrick Henry went absolutely ham having a top five week for sure. Number 13, DeAndre Swift. Hmm. Number 14, De- uh, Alexander Madison. Number 15, Isaiah Pacheco. actually had a pretty damn good game last night. Better than Mahomes did. Number six, 16, Javonta Williams. Mm. 17, Miles Sanders. 18, James Conner. Stop here for a second. James Conner, I downgraded. I said he's a must-sit because San Francisco 49 defense has been real. And apparently, the beef is real. I have no clue. And honestly, I think it's really stupid. But he and uh, I don't know if Fulga got until yesterday yesterday. I don't personally like pushing another person in the face like that. I don't know what was said, what what what's happening, but at least he was mad enough to do it to his face. Some people like to run up and hit people in the back when they're not looking, which I think is pathetic. But at least he told him what he had to tell him to his face. Uh, number nineteen is James uh, was uh, Joe, Joe Mixon. Joe uh, Mixon downgraded him quite a bit as well. He would have been one of my must sits also for my uh, go pray lineup. Uh, which I didn't make fully. I didn't fully bake it out because, again, I had other stuff going on. And number 20 was Devon Chang, who did have a baller-ass game. And to be honest, um, that might be the guy that you want in that backfield moving forward. Uh, But don't get rid of Raheem Mostert. Um, What you can do, and I am okay with this, if you don't have room on your bench or or need that IR spot, Jeff Wilson Jr. can go. He's not getting his job back. I'm sorry. All right, my sleeper here. Again, I did 20 running backs. I go outside the top 30, and I usually try to go, you know, somewhere in the mid-30s, a guy who's not starting usually. And Chuba Hubbard was my guy for the Panthers, and the reason being, I didn't know if Miles Sanders would make it through the game. So I figured a dart throw of Chuba Hubbard, because Miles Sanders was dealing with an injury, would have been a good one. It wasn't. All right. My wide receivers. So we're going to go with the the guy who's going to be number one almost every week. And that's Justin Jefferson of the Vikings. He had a pretty damn good week as well. He's always going to finish in the top 10 almost every week, no matter what. He's one of those lineup blocks. Number two was Keenan Allen, who had another Keenan Allen day. Another touchdown, another big receiving day. Number three was Jamar Chase. Stop here. Oh. I felt like what they were going to do is what they did against the Rams. A lot of short pepper throws get Jamar chase the ball and let him try to work so I didn't think it was gonna be a high scoring game but I thought that he would have literally like 12 or 13 receptions for about 104, 14 yards a lot of short stuff just get the ball out of Joe Burrow's hands a lot of screens things like that it might even get in the end zone that's not what happened number four Tyree Kill the Dolphins yikes number five Devontae Adams of the Raiders my number six guy went completely ham, and that's Stefan Diggs, which I'm regretting not taking him in one of my drafts. On the turn, I had the 12-13 pick, and I actually took. Again, it was two days before his injury was uh, actually two days. Yes, before his injury was actually confirmed to keep him on, put him on IR. But I took Tony Pollard and Cooper Cup instead of taking Tony Pollard, who I wanted to take, and Stephon Diggs. It was literally between cupping and Diggs, and I was like, no. Couple probably be fine. Well, we'll see. Now, um, number seven was Chris Olave. Wolf just talked about it. He's too good. The Bucks had uh, Jamel Dean out. Carlton Davis did play, but he didn't look great. He looked like he was coming off an injury. The Saints just were so pathetic on offense that Chris Olave couldn't get the damn ball. Uh, eight, AJ Brown, nine, Puka Nakua. He keeps doing work. I think he's still going to be a, a force to be reckoned with a good low end wide receiver two high end wide receiver three when Cooper Cup comes back because he is getting open and doing the job. He literally out there does not look like Cooper Cup. What he looks like to me, and it's because he's wearing that number 17. He looks like Robert Woods to me out there, to be honest. Uh, number 10, Michael Pittman Jr. Who did not do well. Number 11, Brandi and number 12, T Higgins, T Higgins stop right here. I really thought, again, a lot of peppering because of that run defense. They weren't going to give Joe Mixon the ball a bunch, but what they were going to do is get the ball out of their uh, Joe uh, Burrow's hands and get them PPR scoring for wide receivers, meaning every time they catch it, even if they have 20 receptions for seven yards in a non, non-PPR uh, league, 0. 0.7 points. In a PPR league, that's 20.7. That did not happen in this game. And it's really starting to look bad for that offense. Number 13, DK Metcalf. He plays tonight, so no intel yet. Number 14, Debo Samuel. I ranked him lower than Brandon Ayuk, and just lower in general because he's dealing with an injury. That's a tough-ass dude. It's not a Debo Samuel thing. It's more of would they try to take him off the field, Would they try to limit his snap count just to make sure he's fine because I felt like they could manage the game without him. But Debo's still a guy who, if he is in, he's a threat to take the ball to the house uh, at any moment. Number 15, C.D. Lamb, who ate yesterday. Number 16, Devonta Smith. Number 17, Jalen Waddle. Number 18, Zay Flowers. Stop right here. Zay Flowers is becoming that guy. I would trade for Zay Flowers. I wouldn't trade away a star wide receiver one or two. I wouldn't even trade away Puka Nakua for him because that offense doesn't put up high numbers. But if you can make a reasonable trade for him, if you can do something like a... I think it's reasonable to, to trade a Jerry Judy for him. I'd rather have him than Jerry Judy at this point because... He hasn't had hamstring issues like Judy has had. He hasn't had, in that offense for the Broncos, the explosives look like they go through Cortland Sutton and sometimes uh, Marvin Mims more than they do through Jerry Judy. Um, 19, Garrett Wilson. Uh, 20, George Pickens. Ooh, that offense is bad. Matt Cannon has got to go. That's a guy who's got to go. I mean, I'm not the only one saying it. Everyone's saying it. I heard the stat today, by the way. So, Matt Canada became the offense coordinator at the beginning of the 2021 season. Okay? So, it's been two years and four games. That is a total of 38 games. Since since he's become the offense coordinator, again, every NFL team has played at least 38 games except for four. The Bengals and the, the, the Bills. We know it happened on that Monday night. And then the two teams playing tonight, the Seahawks and the Giants every team in the NFL is at at least four 400 yard offensive games the Steelers have zero that is pathetic it is just pathetic and don't tell me they don't have talent they have a first round running back they have a really good tight end one of the more underrated receivers in Deontay Johnson one of the budding stars as a receiver in George Pickens Kenny Pickett honestly looks lost and I don't think Kenny Pickett is that bad I don't think he's great I don't even think he's that good, but I definitely don't think he's as bad as it's looked. That offense is pathetic, and I don't think it's the players. Number 21, Adam Thielen. Number 22, Cortland Sutton. Number 23, Jerry Judy. Number 24, Tyler Lockett. Number 25, Chris Godwin. I'm going to stop here. i got to give my flowers to uh, Baker Mayfield real quick. Let me get this out of here. I'm not a Baker Mayfield fan. Never have been. I'm likely never going to be. But one thing that I do, and I pride myself on this, I give credit where it's due. That dude looked like the number one overall pick yesterday. And what I mean by that is he was making throws where it was complete anticipation, timing rally through an pattern to Mike, Mike Evans where the ball was out of his hands before Mike even like broke down to throw it. And it had not too much pace on it so that Evans could actually break down and get to the out and the ball was still there. He's getting hit in the face. In fact, there was a dirty hit by number 93 for the Saints yesterday, which is pathetic in its own right. And you know what? Dude kept dealing. Big third down late in the game. Dude came and smoked him. He to Chris Godwin over the middle on a little return route where the receiver goes out like he's going to break out and then comes back inside. It's called a return route. And big play down to, like, the four-yard line of the Saints. Baker Mayfield was that dude yesterday, and Chris Godwin showed up. So if he's been on your roster dormant, I understand if you had him on a bench. Hell, I had him on a bench in the league uh, for Jamar Chase, but, I mean, that's whatever. And Jamar Chase and Chris Olabi. So I understand if you had him on a bench. What I also want to tell you is he's going to have some of these games, especially if you're in a PPR format. You want to start playing him more because people are going to hedge and make sure Mike Evans doesn't get these big plays. Chris Godwin will be more and more open underneath. And then my sleeper was Josh Palmer uh, the Raiders. He didn't have a huge game yesterday. Again, with 25 receivers being ranked, I try to go with someone who's ranked number 40 or lower. Sometimes, again, I'll cheat a little bit and go with someone who's 39, but I try to go at least down to like 40 is my area to start looking at guys who could, by sleeper means, return you with wide receiver one or two value for that week. All right, we're going to slip to the tight ends. Now, until otherwise noted, Travis Kelsey will be tight end one in my rankings every week. There will be very few times when there's a real legitimate reason not to But he would be tight end one. Number two was TJ Hawkinson. Number three, Darren Waller. Stop right here. I made a gross error because, again, at the game, I'm still thinking this through. I'm like, okay, guy I'm playing against, putting up some big points. A lot of his guys are playing in in the 1 o'clock eastern slot. And I had Jacoby Meyer still in there, even with Aiden O'Connell. And I went to switch him. And I switched Darren Waller in. And I said, you know what? I don't think Daniel Jones completes too many passes. Uh, I'm going to take him out. And I put Jacoby Myers back in and he didn't have a huge day. He had like 35 receiving yards. Uh, Darren Waller, if he gets a touchdown tonight, that's a gaff on me. I would have won this week. But hey, hopefully you uh if you have Darren Waller, you had him in your lineup. And by the way, the reason that I didn't start Darren Waller at tight end instead of this would have been the flex, by the way. At tight end is because I started Sam Laporta. I don't think I did, you know, too poorly there when Sam Laporta's had at least 50 yards receiving in every game this year. All four. Uh, number f- four was George Kittle. Number five, Mark Andrews. Stop right here. Mark Andrews balled out. He's tight end one this week. Two t- tutties doing the work. Number six, Hunter Henry of the Patriots. Number seven, Dallas Goddard of the Eagles. Number eight, Jake Ferguson of the Cowboys. Number nine, Pat Frymuth of the Steelers. Woof in that offense. Oh. And number 10, Evan Ingram of the Jags. Showed up a lot of checkdowns. If you're in a PPR format, he did work for you. My sleeper was Donald Parham Jr., who I think dropped a touchdown uh, yesterday for the Chargers. Again, I try to get you a tight end who's outside of the top twenty. A lot of those names were just a little dicey. Um, again, two of the better tight ends played on Thursday Night Football, so I couldn't rank them. And Sam Laporta and Luke Musgrave. Um, so, yeah, Donald Parham Jr. was my trigger pull. If you have Gerald, Gerald Everett on your roster, you can't you can't start him. You can't play him right now. He's not even the the tight end getting the targets on this team right now. All right. And then we're going to go with defense special teams here. Number one was the Eagles against the Commanders. Stop right here. Commanders balled out in the second half. Kudos to them. So the Eagles were far from a top five defense this week. But I thought that the Eagles would really get after the Commanders and do what the Bills did. And it just looked like they couldn't get pushed. They couldn't do the job. It was really weird. So they weren't the defense one. I made a call. It was wrong. Uh, Number two is San Francisco 49ers against the Cardinals. They did a really good job, but the number one defense this week was defense who's been number one two of the first three weeks, and it was ranked number three on my list. It was the Dallas Cowboys against the Patriots. Now, I just felt like the Cowboys would be able to do something against the Patriots. Get a turnover, return for a touchdown, and you know what? They actually got two. So (laughs) balled out for sure. Uh, Number four, Kansas City Chiefs. Um, They did a good job. Zach Wilson actually played probably his best career game, but they still held them to 20 points and actually 18 um, because there was a safety, which wasn't really a safety. All right. Number five, Baltimore. They were probably the number two defense this week because they were going up against a rookie. When I made these rankings, I didn't realize Dorian Thompson Robinson was starting. I knew it was the DTR was starting. I knew it was a possibility. So I hedged a little bit because Deshaun Watson was going to be a game time decision. I would have probably ranked them number two behind the Eagles if I knew that DTR was starting. Not because he's a bad quarterback. Because he's a rookie and he looked like a rookie yesterday. Number six, Steelers. Good lord. Okay, let's let's stop here. Mike Tomlin should be allowed to have 19 losing seasons in a row. And I'm being facetious. The man has never had a losing season. This year they're going to have a losing season. Not because, you know, we've been over this before. The Steelers have come out and been... In this situation where they've been two and two at this stage or one and three, and somehow they pull out stuff and they'll go eight, eight and one or eight and eight when they had Duck Hodges starting at quarterback one year. The big problem is, I think that those guys that they're used to, like the Cam Haywards that usually hold stuff together, he's hurt. He's not going to be back for another like four or five weeks. TJ Watt, that dude's doing everything he can and they can't get pressure. It's it just. It's bad there right now, and I think what they really do need is a change in regime, not of Tomlin by any means. He's got to be less loyal. He and John Harbaugh have this thing, and it's a good thing, but you got to get rid of Matt Canada, man. It's ruining your team. You can tell. And that's everything I've heard about Matt Canada is a good dude. Sometimes you're just not good at something. I don't think he's good at, at, at coaching football, not as an offensive coordinator. He might be a good position coach, But his decision-making and his play calling and his design is so bad. It was bad in college. At Pitt, at LSU, it's bad. We just have to sometimes just tell the truth. You don't have to be a terrible person. I don't think he's a bad person or anything like that. I'm not wishing negative on him whatsoever. But he's really bad as an office coordinator. Like, epically bad. It's okay to admit the truth. Hopefully he can get on as a position coach or something like that, a QB coach. But he can't be an offense coordinator. Not right now. He's got to be fired and hopefully he gets another job doing something else. Because it's affecting the defense now. Number 7 Tampa Bay Bucks at the Saints. Stop for a second. I'm going to say this because some people didn't realize this. I picked the Bucks to beat the Saints. I did. 20-17 to 17 was my final score prediction. I'm pretty sure. I thought that defense was going to show up, which for the most part it did. The, the Bucks balled out against them. But the defense looked like they finally like got tired. Mentally tired, not physically, but mentally tired. Because you can't always, I'm going to do it on my show, the next show, make good Mondays, talk more about it. But you can't always keep giving up less than three touchdowns, three extra points. They keep doing that. This is the first time they've done it in almost a calendar year. It was only 26, and they got blown out. But the Tampa Bay defense, good for them. They didn't look like world beaters. What they looked like was a pretty good defense. Like, I don't think Tampa's going anywhere. I think they're they're, they're the leader in the clubhouse to win the division. But I don't think they're going anywhere. I don't think they're beating the Eagles or the Dallas Cowboys or the 49ers. I don't think they're beating those teams. But yeah, in the NFC South, defense is pretty damn good. The offense looks pretty damn good. They should win a division at this stage. So I had them at number seven. Number eight, I had the New Orleans Saints against the Bucks. And the Saints, again, the defense didn't play too poorly. They got a turnover. I mean, yeah. Number nine, Cincinnati Bengals. Hard stop here. Good Lord. <laughs> Derrick Henry. My fault. I thought you were done. You still got something in the leg. Bro, you were built different. You and Adrian Peterson aren't real people, bro. Number 10, Cleveland Browns against the Ravens. I actually thought the Cleveland Browns defense would do better against the Ravens, not because the Ravens offense would, well, yeah, part of it's because of the Ravens offense. It hasn't looked good, but also, that Browns defense is real. They just, they had an off game. They had a bad game. Three really good ones, one really bad one. Oh well. And then my sleeper got destroyed. Patriots were my sleeper. Again, it's hard to do this, picking out defenses. Maybe I should have picked the Texans. I actually thought about them, honestly, as a sleeper. But the reason I couldn't, sneaky, sneaky. I use ESPN's rankings, by the way, for uh, outside of a certain range. Just as, just so you know. They had Texas defense, I think, like 12th. And I was like, I can't use them, but damn, I wanted to use them. Uh, but the Patriots were outside of the top. I, I try to do 16 down when I do 10 rankings. Try to go closer to 20, but sometimes it's just tough where you just can't get. You're not going to be starting some of these really bad defenses. There's not enough, de- teams don't usually carry, it's like carrying kickers. Usually you carry one. A lot of teams carry one defense also. So you usually have options. So I usually try to give you something, someone outside the top 10, but try not to go to like 11, 12, 13, cause you're probably starting those. I try to go to like 16, 17, 18, even 20 if possible, because you're probably not starting one of those. So anyway, those are the teams that I had. I think I did an okay job, but honestly, this is a bad week of football for me as far as my assessments. Um, sometimes you haven't. Uh, I'm honest enough about it where I can tell you sometimes it's going to happen. What I can do for you, though, I was talking to a gentleman yesterday about this because he didn't. He, he likes football, but he's not into it. So he's like, it sounds like they're speaking a foreign language out there. It is. But we talked about stuff. He's like, you explain stuff. Thank you. You explain it. I appreciate that back. M- my goal is for a game that I actually care about and love. I want other people to have an enjoyment and a love for it also, and the best way for that to happen is if I actually give you the tools to do so. So, I'm going to keep giving as much information as possible, and if I'm wrong about stuff, hopefully the, the the content and context that I provided supports the decision I made, and it actually goes in concert with what happened, even if the result doesn't always get met the right way. So. That's, that's Fantasy Football Fridays. This upcoming Friday, I will literally put a show out on Friday for Fantasy Football Friday. I'm going to make that happen. Have to. You know why? Because I'm tired of being off schedule for you all. You all not getting the content the way that I need to give it to you. We're already four weeks into the season, and I'm not doing the show the way I want to do it. And I need to do a better job because you deserve better, and I deserve better. All right, folks. So that's Chris James signing off for episode four of Fantasy Football Friday, season three of the Chopping Up with CJ podcast. Y'all take care. Enjoy your week. Enjoy tonight's Monday Night Football game. Uh, I'll be doing Make Good Monday tomorrow so that I can include tonight's game in my assessment. I can tell you already, I didn't do a good job for you this week like I had in the first three weeks of the season. I'll look to get better for week five. Take care, folks. Bye-bye.